Helping Hand podcast. My name's Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hi, today I'm really pleased to be talking to Kirsten Antoncic from Connected Psychotherapy. Kirsten offers various different modes of help and support for children and families and today she's going to tell us all about that particularly focusing on neurofeedback. Morning. Hi Kirsten would you like to just kick off by describing what it is you do? Sure Hmm. so I am a I'm a child psychotherapist Um, I'm also adult trained and the type of help and support for families that I give I primarily look at the child to start with um there's sort of an assessment period and then it sort of branches out into a kind of a wider piece of work often that sort of works and supports families sometimes with other clinicians um and I became really aware gosh quite a long time ago now I'm just trying to think maybe about seven years ago that there was something missing in my skill set and I did some research came across neurofeedback and thought actually that's that's what I'm missing and it's it's that sort of trauma focused um, or that sort of physiological regulation piece that I think talking therapies aren't always quick at or, or the best at. And so that's why I also offer neurofeedback. So what does neurofeedback look like? Oh, it just, well, it just looks, um, it just looks really odd when I wheel it in, I think. And whenever I meet somebody, I always say, you know, don't, don't worry about electrodes because if you look at the actual physical equipment what you're looking at is sitting down in front of a computer screen um watching a film or watching a a dreamscape something really relaxing and what's what's sort of um, happening is I've applied electrodes to different areas um on your skull And I think people often panic that we're doing something with those electrodes and we're not. We are merely reading frequencies from something called pyramidal neurons that are sitting on the surface um, that are are just, just there on the skull. And we pick up their frequencies and it allows us to work with frequencies in the brain. So neurofeedback is a way of working. I do a type of feedback called infralow. It's a way of working with very low, slow frequencies in the brain that impact and help a person begin to self-regulate. So what's happening when they're sat in that kind of um, chair, you know, very comfortably watching a film or, or a dreamscape or playing a game is the, the sort of the machine is picking up um, and reading from the electrodes what their brain frequencies are doing. And it's using the video game or the film to set a feedback loop for the brain. So say if um, you were playing, I don't know, my dolphin game where you've, you've got to kind of drive a dolphin around a, a course. You don't have a controller. It's your brain that's doing it. Your brain is moving the dolphin over jumps around corners and when you hit the frequency that is the right frequency for you your video game goes really smoothly everything works well and your brain starts to experience the feedback that if I stay in this frequency area the audio visual the reward coming back from me via this kind of feedback system is really good if I drop out of that that particular frequency area if I go too high or too low my dolphin's in a tree, it's beached on the beach, nothing works, I can't hear the audio. And the brain really quickly starts to learn 
to modify frequencies. So it really quickly learns, this is where I need to be. It's like high jump, low jump. If I aim for the middle, everything around me works a little bit better. And translating forwards into behavior that looks like a reduction in anxiety, a reduction in depression. It looks like um, reduction in restlessness, ADHD symptoms, improved concentration, coordination, a, a myriad of symptoms because we're working on so many different areas of the brain. And in a nutshell, that's that's what neurofeedback is. I think you're really, it's really important to point out that that um, the, the sensors that are picking up brain activity, because um, I have had an experience of this, as I said to you earlier, and it was like a rubber shower cap with lots of wires coming off it, which was a little bit intimidating. But understanding that it's measuring what's already going on in my brain made things a lot easier. Um, I think I had a spaceship game, which was very exciting. <laughs> the one yeah kaleidoscope very good yeah I mean we wheel on and I think we've, we've got all of these old kind of hang-ups around sort of mechanization and mental health from old kind of electroconvulsive therapies and the horror stories that you hear this is not that there is no electrical current there is nothing transmitted through the electrodes they merely read frequency and it allows me at my little computer to just see how your brain is performing um and to then kind of set the feedback for you so if somebody gets in touch with you, what does the overall process look like? How do you decide what to do with them? Yeah, so it's it's important, I think, that we have a really honest conversation about whether this is the right therapy for them. I think, you know, you can you can get shoehorned into trying so many different things. And we all know that place, don't we, where you're, you just want something to help. So is this right for me? And... So I think the first thing would be a phone conversation where we just talk about what you're coming with or what your child is coming with and whether the evidence base that exists for neurofeedback supports this being the right therapy for you. And if it is, we then do a little bit of an intake. It's kind of, um, we either do it face-to-face, -face, we're obviously doing it on sort of the phone at the moment with COVID to limit face-to-face -face contact. And we take information around developmental history, around presenting symptoms. And we also ask around things like um, tinnitus, vertigo. Sometimes some placements can just exacerbate temporarily a little bit of vertigo. So if somebody's had something like that, we make sure we don't work in those areas. So there are those sorts of kind of safety questions. Um, and then once we've done that, we book an initial session. People choose to come on a session by session basis or they choose to take a block of intensive sessions over say, for example, a week, which is the most effective way of doing it. The evidence base is currently showing us. Um, when you come for your first session, um, I sit you in a comfy chair and, and you sort of have a blanket. We make sure you're really, you know, feeling comfortable and there'll be a screen in front of you and I will sit just slightly behind you. And I'll, I'll put the electrodes on and it's, you know, we have a sort of a bit of a chat as, as we're doing that and kind of run through how the, how the machine works. And as you're sat there for the first session, you'll be watching something on the screen and I will be behind you asking every two to three minutes how you're feeling. And what I'm doing is I'm reading your initial frequencies and I'm starting to just lower them very, very slowly. And neurofeedback is working on the premise that our frequencies are slightly out of kilter they're too high or they're too low and I can only tell where your optimal frequency is by just gently lowering your frequencies and asking you how you feel 
some people might report that they feel really relaxed. Some people might report that they feel um, heavy. Um, and when we get to something like that, I know that I come one up and we've got their optimal frequency. And that's the frequency that I'm gonna start to train their brain at. And kind of moving that into what does that look like in real life? When you're out of frequency, when you're very fast, for example, you fast frequencies belong to things like ADHD. They belong to things like anxiety. Um, and when we lower those frequencies, we lower that physiological response to anxiety. So we're taking, we're working really with the body as, as well as the mind. Um, we check how you're tolerating it. And then we run through the sessions and you'll just feel quite passive. I think you'll feel as though you're sitting there watching something on a screen and people will say, am I doing it right? Is this it? Is this what I do? And it is, it's just a very passive experience. You have no control over it. It's areas of the brain that are not conscious that are working. What age groups do you work with, Preston? I would say the youngest is four um, and we would need parent and, you know, parent or carer in with a four-year-old. Um, we get very good results. So for things like autism, um, there's a very good evidence base coming through the States, which is um, where the majority of research is coming from, as is often the case um, within sort of new technologies and mental health. So for things like autism, emerging kind of developmental issues, it's very effective depends on whether the child will tolerate sitting still. Uh, so we have teddy bears that have got feedback sensors in them. So the teddy bear vibrates and feels nice and warm and cuddly as a feedback loop for younger children as well. But you also work with adults? Yeah, we do a lot of work with adults. Yeah, I think our oldest was kind of in their late 80s and it was around kind of Parkinson's symptoms. I find when I say that, um, ask people if they support children and families, they tell me about the children, but the adults are very integral parts of every family. So it's good to see that you could treat the whole family or whoever is having the difficulties. You yeah. begin to answer my next question, which has two parts. One is, can you describe your ideal client? And the other part is, what symptoms or concerns should direct me to neurofeedback? Wow. Goodness, I don't, I don't have an ideal client. I think I, um, I think the only thing we ask, either as a psychotherapist or as a, a neurofeedback practitioner, is, is that the person you're working with wants to be there um, and is, is committed to kind of um, embracing change. You know, neurofeedback is, is fantastic. When I trained, I was really skeptical because I'm a talking therapist and, you know, we talk about stuff. That's how we get better. And I remember just sitting in my training thinking, you know, what a load of rubbish. This is not going to work. How ridiculous that you can do this with a machine. And I think my first couple of training placements, I, I saw people's speech run from being very impacted, quite severe speech impediments to running clear. I saw a reduction in epilepsy symptoms. I saw people who'd had lifelong depression had electroconvulsive therapies for those depressions, stopped taking antidepressants. And I thought, goodness, there's something really special in this and really simple. Um, but I think the caveat to neurofeedback is, if you come to me, you know, incredibly anxious and, and sort of, I don't know, really dysregulated, neurofeedback will work for you. It will help you self-regulate, but then there's external work to do as well. So you need to think about what else is triggering you in your environment. Because if we just plonk you back in that environment with no changes, you'll then dysregulate again. Um, so it's really important that whoever comes knows that actually, yes, this will work, but then there's other stuff to do as well. 
And then who does it work for? Goodness. It's such an ever-growing group of people. Um, I trained in it for trauma. I work a lot with young people who've experienced sexual abuse. And there's a a pre-court protocol whereby you you talking therapies really are, are sort of frowned upon before a, a case goes to trial um, so that you're not altering stories and what happens is you then leave a young person in in distress holding all of this in and I, I just I think it was one particularly young person waited three years for something to go to court and they were sat holding all of this horror that they'd been through and I thought this is ridiculous we can't offer them EMDR we can't do talking therapies there's you know I mean mindfulness yeah okay what else can we do and I I I trained in neurofeedback as a way of stabilizing those kind of PTSD symptoms without impacting the narrative so that I could do this as a pre-court therapy Um, and then from there anxiety anxiety looks like your frequencies are too high Depression looks like your frequencies are too low. It's quite basic. Um, sometimes your anxiety hides depression. So your frequencies are too high and then they go too low and then we, we kind of stabilize them. But really, I've worked with people with Parkinson's, with epilepsy, with speech impediments, with brain injuries, with social anxiety, panic attacks, autism, ADHD, um, gosh, uh, concentration issues, memory issues, um, for peak performance. People use it for peak performance. I'm not the clinician that does that. I'm more interested in helping people with emotional kind of distress. But really, it has such a wide application because we're dealing with the organ um, that is responsible for so much of our functioning. Um, And if our frequencies are out of kilter in different areas of the brain, then it manifests in so many different symptoms. So it, it really is quite a wide spaced therapy that's applicable to a lot of different things. Kristen, is there anything that I've not asked you that you would like a prospective client to know? Hmm. Goodness me. No, I don't think so. Um, I think with, with all of the different therapies that people offer, I think I would just say to the person looking for help, just trust your own instinct, trust your own intuition, because so often we get that intuitive sense of, of what of, of what we need or what our child needs or our family needs um, and talk to clinicians, you know, pop me an email, have a conversation. If it isn't right for you, I would always say, I would say, look, this doesn't quite feel the right thing. Um, book taster sessions, you know, get your needs met. Um, yeah. From your description, this is a face-to-face therapy. So are there neurofeedback practitioners all over the UK? We There are different types of neurofeedback, different types of neurofeedback practitioners. So I follow something called the OFMA um, protocol, and it gets, it gets a bit kind of complicated. It gets a bit sciencey, and I think it's a minefield to try and find your way through. There are, there's SMR, there's, there's infralow, I'm infralow. And it means that we use um, very low frequencies. We work on low frequencies in the brain because we have now found that those are the most impactful for regulation. So it might be worth if, if you're kind of coming for neurofeedback to just really have a look and do your research. I think at different kind of approaches. There are not many um, neurofeedback practitioners in the UK that do infralow. I think I'm the only one in the north of England at the moment 
Um, there are other practitioners that do, that do SMR. So it depends which one you were leaning towards. Um, but I think it's just, it's quite a new emerging technology. So Kirsten, finally, what area do you cover? Where are you based? And how do people get in touch with you if they want to? So this is going to surprise you. So I'm based in North Yorkshire. People get in touch with me via my website. Um, so I have two companies. I have a mental health training company, positiveprogress.co.uk, and my own website, which is Kirsten Antonsich. If anyone can spell that and find me on the web, that's a miracle in itself. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, and I've forgotten the rest of that. Oh, no, no, my geographical area. So I'm based in North Yorkshire um, and I cover a huge area. So I have clients coming from Shropshire um, all the way up to Scotland. Um, the other practitioners within our group are all London based. So I go as far as Manchester. I cover all of Yorkshire. Um, I go into Nottinghamshire. Um, I sometimes travel. So if um, the NHS sometimes commission me to do sort of bigger pieces of work where I, I, I travel, but usually people come and stay for a week um, in, in the Dales in North Yorkshire and do an intensive package or come over on a weekend day and, and sort of navigate it that way. Thank you so much for coming to speak to me. That's been really interesting. And I hope it's given another option to people out there who are struggling. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk. Mm-hmm.